Welcome to Three Questions With, a new podcast of the Latino News Network. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos in New England with news and information websites in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, a statewide community-focused initiative. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on topics like civic engagement, education, employment, healthcare, communication, social responsibility, among others. I'm Hugo Balta, publisher of LNN and your host. Music is a bridge builder between people who often are separated by ideology, culture, geography. They might disagree on things like politics, but if they like the same types of music, well, now they have a foundation to build on that enables them to better understand one another instead of focusing on their differences. Our guest this week has been building bridges through music for decades, and this year came out with a new album that is a musical autobiography, courageous, candid storytelling about relationships beginning with his parents, life lessons, and more. William Mendoza, producer, director of the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra, a New England salsa ensemble known nationally and internationally for its commitment to sustaining Latin culture through music. Welcome to the program, William. Thank you very much for having me. Let's start with the new album, El Camino. Tell us the overall idea for this piece. Yeah, well, it started with the previous uh, recording that I had done, which was titled El Regreso. And El Regreso was a metaphor of my returning to music because I took a hiatus for about 27 years. But it also meant the return to Puerto Rico, return to my childhood neighborhood to see if I would run into my friends. And it began there. That's where the journey began. And then I, I needed to showcase the path that 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 I took to get to where we are today, which is why I started the second project, El Camino. Let's listen to a sample of two songs, beginning with Doña Soledad from the new album, El Camino. Mami, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo te encuentras? ¿Cómo te va? Y ella me dijo, aquí hijo mío, como siempre acompañada con mi mejor amiga, Doña Soledad. No quiero que te preocupes. William. Tell us about Doña Soledad. I know that it's inspired by your mother. Tell us more about it. Yeah, uh, the reason I'm, I'm back up in the New England area is because uh, my mother got sick and, and I wanted to be closer uh, and, and nearby for her. And uh, at one point she was living with me and we sat down to do a lot of you know, uh, a lot of talking and reminiscing. And one thing I realized was that as as we grow up and, and you know, we set our minds on only one thing and that's to get out of the house, um, you know, we, we kind of neglect the fact that we leave a very big void behind because your mother has 
dedicated 200% of her time, her life to, to raising these children. And then all of a sudden, once you're out the threshold and not looking back, mom was left with this big void in her life. And we did a lot of talking and I learned a lot all over again from my mother. But one thing I noticed was that she was a lonely woman. And uh, during those conversations, um, I always used to come in in the room and ask her, you know, what are you doing? And, and she would tell me here with my loneliness. And I said, you know what? Uh, once she passed on, this, this idea stuck in my head to create this, this tribute to my mother, uh, Doña Soledad, uh, which was written beautifully by my brother-in-law, Miguel Rodriguez. And the melody was adapted by a friend of mine, Edwin Rivera from, from here, from Bridgeport, Connecticut. And the arrangement was created by Ray Santos, who is a legendary composer in, in our genre of music. There's a second number right after Doña Soledad, number three on the album El Camino, Mi Padre Un Trabajador. Huérfano siendo un niño Y sin dudas le faltó De sus padres su cariño Pero eso no le detuvo el caminar Aunque fue dura su vida Porque tuvo que emigrar Y regresó para con mi madre formar Una familia, un lugar Del que el producto soy yo how how did your father inspire that number man my father was a hard-working individual my father was orphaned at the age of 10 um with his brother who was two years older than him and they were bounced around with family members uh, in Puerto Rico. And at the age of 12, they were put out in the street because no one wanted to care for them. Uh, maybe because of problems, maybe they were hell bent. Who knows at, at, at this point, if you, hear, if you heard it from him, he was an angel. But um, they were put out in the street and he had to, you know, take care of himself, sold oranges, shine shoes. So, I mean, whatever needed to be done to survive, he did till he was the, you know, till he was the age of uh, 17 years, 17 years old. And he lied about his age, got on a uh, work crew and they put him on a boat and shipped him to the United States. First time out of Puerto Rico. They, uh, once they arrived here, they put him on a train and they shipped him out to Utah and they put him in the, in the salt mines as a miner down in, in the caves and the holes as he, they call them. And there he labored for a number of years um, until he saved some money and decided I'm gonna go back home. Uh, when he came back here to the, uh, 
to Puerto Rico when he went back home to Puerto Rico, he met my mother. By that time, he was already a, a painter and he was painting all the radio towers on the island of Puerto Rico. He maintained them. And he met my mother, they had me. And a year later, they decided to come here to the United States. And that's a story that was always repeated and we would talk about it because then we were in search of my uncle who we could never find, you know? So it was kind of like a, a sad ending to, to it all, you know, as far as my dad was concerned and his brother. But that's what inspired me was the fact that at such an early age, he hustled, man, and he made himself because uh, he lived the American dream. And my father worked seven days a week. And that kind of, uh, of a role model, you know, you, you, you got to speak up. You got to say something about something like that, especially given the times that we live in where you're, you know, stereotyped and, and, and um, in a certain way. Nah, we came to this country to do what we needed to do to live a better life. And that's what that was all about. And that's what inspired that song. I needed to tell that story. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I am certainly the son of Hugo y Graciela Valta, immigrants to the United States from Peru. And uh, I'm ripe age of 51. You know, I know you and I were, were of a certain age. It's amazing how our parents continue to inspire us, right? To, to continue to shape us who we are today. Those are two wonderful uh, numbers from the album. The last number that I wanted uh, to talk to you about, and, uh, and we'll take a listen bef before you answer the question, is I'll get back to you tomorrow. And, and this is a number about a friend that, that passed away. And, and it really resonates with me because uh, many, many of us um, have seen a lot of loss because of COVID-19 and, and my family is no exception. Um, but let's listen to, I'll get back to you tomorrow and then have you tell us uh, the story behind that, that number. Se nos acabó el tiempo. Espero que hayan disfrutado lo mismo que disfrutamos nosotros los estudios. Gracias por el apoyo y por el respaldo, como siempre. Nos vemos, mi gente. Vaya. I'll get back to you tomorrow. The last song of 10 songs in the El Camino album. William, tell us about. 
Well, that's a special dedication that made it on to being the 10th track of the album. I had another track that I was going to put on there, but I said, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave that off. And I'm, I have to do this because I had a friend, Mike Abreu, who was a unique individual. He was an encyclopedia of Latin music. You know, if you would ask Mike about an artist, he not only knew the story of the artist, but he knew the story of every musician that was in there, who fought with who, who had it in with what. This guy just had so much knowledge in his head. He was also a, uh, a radio um, uh, disc jockey. And um, they had a show here Saturdays, uh, Super Sábado. And uh, for 20 years, 25, 20 to 25 years, I don't remember right now, but he, he worked at this radio station. And I would go to visit him. And this man was so full of life. Every time he put on a track, he played air, air uh, instruments. And you could see him play the drums, the bass, the, the, the conga, the bongo, the bell. He, he was so full of life. And he was also our biggest supporter, one of our very, very biggest supporters from the beginning. He believed in the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra project. And he would follow us. I mean, I'd, I'd run into Mike in New Jersey, or I'd run into him in Pennsylvania. Uh, he would pack up his wife, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and they would take off and, and they would be there wherever um, we would be performing. And in 2018, I, I, I did a concert in Bridgeport. He was there and he was rooting and I told him, come up on the stage. He said, nah. He um, calls me three months, four months later and he goes, Will, got some news for you. And I said, what is it? He goes, I have cancer. I have pancreatic cancer, stage four. And that kind of like completely blew my mind because of what I was hearing, you know, because it's, it's, it's a tough, uh, tough news to hear from, from, you know, your best buddy, you know what I mean? And um, I seen him deteriorate over a period of a year. And um, we one day gathered at his home on a Saturday um, I brought him some music. Uh, I kept Mikey posted on every step of the way on the album. He listened to all the uh, the previews and and what was going on in the studio, keeping them up and 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 getting his uh, his input. You know how he felt about it. And that Saturday, there was a, a big group of us that came up to 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 be with him, and he decided to say his farewell. Um, he made everybody cry. <laughs> and then I said to Mikey, Mikey, I am going to immortalize your name. And he said, you know, you do that for me? And I said, yeah, absolutely, man. I go, if you were to produce your own Latin jazz track, how would you do it? You know, what would you do to it? And he was in pain. He had the morphine drip. And uh, he said, man, I don't know. And I said, okay, so let's, let's start with, you know, Caribbean Jazz Project Horn Lines because they were very intricate, very, very, very nice horn lines that they used in their arrangements. And he loved the idea. Then I said to him, how about rhythm? But I already knew what the rhythm was gonna be, I knew. So I had to have mambo, had to move people. So then I asked him, what else? And at that, that point right there, he kicked his head back in pain and he came back to me and he says, can I get back to you tomorrow? And I said, sure, don't worry about it. I have a title. So you gave me a title. You gave me horn lines. You gave me a rhythm section. I got the rest. And Eddie Montalvo, who's a, a, a funny legend, 
from the Fanny All-Stars was there with us. And he goes, hey, Will, what the hell are you doing, man? You're producing a record here right now? And I said, yeah, yeah, Mikey just produced it, but he told me, I'm in. <laughs> Count me into this. And we created this track, but it was too late by then because three days later, Mikey was gone. And, um, you know, I, I had to add certain quality to the track to express that, that, that journey that he was taking. You know, like in the middle of the track, you'll hear about that drums, which is the celebration of, of life or whatever. And at the end, you hear about that drum playing, doing what we call the 16s, which is the, the rhythm that is used to accompany the soul to the next level. And I added those elements in there. And you got the mambo, you have the, uh, the horn lines. And at the end, I did uh, research about almost 20 years of radio shows. And I found Mike's uh, voice giving a farewell uh, for the show. But it just worked at that time to put it at the end of the track. And that's whose voice you hear at the end saying, you know, farewell. And we'll see you next time. That's a, a beautiful story. It's a beautiful number. Uh, what a wonderful tribute to Mikey, who will live on um, through through that song and and uh, and that music. You're listening to Three Questions with William Mendoza, producer director of the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra, who's talking to us about his new album, El Camino. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community of New England. We're speaking with William Mendoza, producer director of the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra about the group's new album, El Camino. William, let's talk about the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra that's certainly contributing to not only enriching salsa's long history, but the history of American music influenced by Latinos in all different genres. Tell us more about the contributions of Latino artists the general audience knows very little about. Wow, uh, we've been contributing to what we call Latin American uh, music now because it's all being produced and, and created here uh, in America, but uh, since the 1900s, uh, the, the, you know, the beginning of the 1900s, eight, you know, we were already um, influencing uh, all music through Cuban rhythms, which is where it all started. You know, it was all Cuba with the uh, strings, with the guitars and, and, and the African rhythms that were being brought over and this mishmash of, you know, um, Middle Eastern uh, flavors that that were being added, and I mean our music has uh, influenced not only you know uh, uh, salsa as you know it today, but you're talking about jazz, Latin jazz, uh, uh, hip hop, pop, uh, and and so on and so forth, and it continues. So so we've been instrumental in a, in a lot of that culture being developed 
and it took off. I mean, in in, in 1942, let's say with with Latin jazz, who 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 really like launched it? Dizzy Gillespie, you know, with a, a night in Tunisia. So so it, it's been a long running and and very little known fact that we've influenced music as you hear it today with our rhythms. And that's the beauty of it. It's this fusion. I think our our community, Hispanic Latinos, are known for resisting assimilation and really embracing acculturation, right? And that's drawing from the best that we bring from our roots and adopting the best from whether it's, you mentioned African culture or even here in the United States. And I think you, you see that, traces of that throughout music and other different aspects of, of our society. Reaching audiences has certainly been a challenge in this era of COVID-19, William. The Latin Heartbeat Orchestra hosted a virtual concert earlier this year, a collaboration with AARP Connecticut. What was that experience like? It, it was incredible. I mean, and the uh, the participation that we, we received, that we got throughout the world, people were tuning in. Uh, people from all over that know the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra, and through our networking, it was great. And it, it was also a conversation about who we were, what we were about, because it, it's, it's a funny thing that the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra was created and founded here in New England, where usually bands are out of either New York, Puerto Rico, um, you know, big cities where there's a humongous uh, pool of musicians. And, you know, to, to come out of Connecticut all of a sudden and say, hey, here we are, was a humongous undertaking. And that was the whole premise of the project to begin with. It was to create something that would represent, represent Latin music at the next level, at the professional and international level. And, and to be, you know, recognized as such. Now, in, in the past, you would get, uh, Hey, Connecticut, anything or oh, so-and-so, what? No, nobody knew. No, there's nothing here because, you know, uh, you get you get labeled with the local musician tag, which which hurts you. And um, when, when we came on the scene in the beginning, it was a little bit rough because there was no credibility. My very first big gig that we did was uh, uh, after Hurricane Sandy. In New York City, we were doing a fundraiser and every artist in the world was performing in Staten Island. And my partner, Walter Baez from New Gen Salsa had to fight tooth and nail to, to get us on that stage because they were going from Connecticut, really? But when we came down into the city to do our thing, we left a different, a different, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, a different mentality as to what's going on in Connecticut because they were all completely uh, freaked out. They were like, wow, <laughs> this band cooks, you know? So we we were able to uh, uh, what do you go, make that impact. And it, and it stayed that way till today. I mean, right now people go Latin Heartbeat Orchestra. Uh, yeah. Um, that's that. That's a band from Connecticut. <laughs> You're doing a great job of representing 
uh, the state of Connecticut and, and certainly Latinos. And, and especially in this time, like I, I, I really appreciated that the, Heart, the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra did that, the, the virtual webcast, because even though, you know, especially in the height of the pandemic, we've been separated, we've also been together like never before. Um, if you missed the an evening with the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra webcast, no worries, you can still watch it by visiting AARP Connecticut's website. You can also find a link in our written companion at ctlatinonews.com and the LNN websites in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. William, before we let you go, you have a concert this weekend. Give us the 411 on the event. Yeah, this concert has been um, dragging along for the past couple of years because of the COVID uh, pandemic. But we finally got the green light at Providence, Rhode Island, India Point uh, Park and Marina. And it's the, um, it's the Bay Fest, Puerto Rican festival. And we're the headliner for that event. And, uh, you know, we used to do uh, an event up there. Uh, we did it for four years straight, which was called the Water Fire Festival. So we're kind of like coming back home because we did the Water Fire Festival way back in the beginning when we were getting started. And we were given the opportunity by uh, a lady named uh, Jeannie Oki. And uh, we're dedicating, as a matter of fact, this performance to Jeannie Oki because she passed this this uh, earlier this year. And... Um, she was the catalyst. I mean, she was behind the push to get, you know, Latin Heartbeat Orchestra known. And she put us on that stage in Providence, Rhode Island. And we played there before, a, a, a you know, crowd of 8,000 people. So we're back. We're coming back uh, on the 29th. And it's from 12 to 7. And there's some great entertainment going on, some great cultural stuff. There's going to be food. And, and you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to in the, in the near future be able to to hear uh, the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra in person. I love the El Camino album. Congratulations again, my friend, for that. Thank you so much, William Mendoza, producer director of the Latin Heartbeat Orchestra. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to Three Questions with a new podcast by the Latino News Network, produced in collaboration with Infinite Multimedia, the parent of El Tri Online, an English language news outlet covering Mexican soccer. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos in New England with news and information websites in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, a statewide community-focused initiative. I invite you to visit us at ctlatinonews.com, malatinonews.com, and nhlatinonews.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Latino News Network, where we post new content regularly. And remember, you can listen to a new episode of Three Questions With twice a month. The next podcast drops on September 10th. We'll be joined by AARP Massachusetts State Director Mike Festa, who will talk to us about the high cost of caring for an adult family member, regular out-of-pocket costs, with the highest burden falling on Hispanic Latino community. Amugo Valta, publisher of LNN, thank you all for listening. Stay informed, stay healthy, stay safe.